You're listening to WCOM LP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Faith, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host... Stuart Deloney. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another round of Snarky Faith Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Deloney. And as I sit here, it is a beautiful Tuesday fall. You can call that fall afternoon here in Carborough, North Carolina. And as we sit back and bask upon the beauty that fall is beginning to bring us the cooler temperatures, uh, the changing of tree colors, all of this beauty that I'm surrounded with. Oh, so much to drink in, so much to experience. And at the same time, sadly, I've got some bad news for you. Yes, I'm sorry, I know. Snarky Faith is always about being uplifting and encouraging and not sarcastic and i say that with as much sarcasm as i can emote from this microphone right here no i have bad news for you i have news that is filled with doom and apocalypse i'm sorry i'm so sorry my dear listener that i have to bring this to you But you know what? You accept nothing less than the truth from me. Your snarky... I don't even know what I... (laughs) I don't even know what I am. I'm your snarky mouthpiece. Uh, And so, yes, if you are are new to the show, if you're just tuning in and saying, what the hell is snarky faith? Well, it's me. I'm your host, Stuart Deloney, which I already said. But also, Snarky Faith, our whole goal in doing what we're doing here is to be able to kind of offer an alternative towards American Christianity. Uh, We are the ones that skewer the insanity that is American and conservative Christianity. Uh, We are here to poke holes in things and also give you a space to be able to speak back, uh, vent, talk through all of this. I've had some amazing fans and listeners send me emails and guess what just guess what here's a little nugget of information for you if you send me emails questions questions at snarkyfaith.com yeah it's most likely going to end up here on the show i do that because i love you guys but i'm sad i'm so so sad because i'm referring to this article that i read here on huffington post by ed uh Maza. And it's entitled this. Oh, and I bring this to you with with a heavy heart and a heavy spirit, whatever the hell that means. Um, the, the article is entitled Christian quote researcher unquote claims that the rapture will start on Saturday. That's right, folks. You've only got so many days until the rapture happens. Doomsday is upon us, and it's happening on Saturday. 
I really hope it doesn't cut into my college football watching schedule. I mean, really, like if there's doomsday, if God, you're behind this. Seriously, Mississippi State, UGA, that's my bread and butter, man. That's my jam. Please, 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 if if you are going to in the universe, at least let me watch that game before it happens. But yes, this researcher, which which is kind of a generous term. I don't even know what a biblical researcher means. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's not a biblical researcher. The article says he's a Christian researcher. Uh, but again, <laughs> that qualifier leaves me with squat. But yes, doomsday is upon us. The rapture will happen Saturday. So uh, adjust your social calendars accordingly. And yes. So there have been several videos that have been posted about the supposed coming cataclysm. And sadly, I know we talked about this last week, and I know maybe he's a prophet. Maybe I'm going to hell for, for roasting him. But yes, I know you're thinking this. Stuart, you talked about and mocked Jim Baker's doomsday food buckets. Should I go out and buy them? Well, maybe. Like, maybe if you're just looking to have snacks around the house. Um, in case we have another hurricane, maybe that would work. Maybe I'm being horribly sarcastic. No, please, 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 please. No one give money towards Jim Baker and his crazy crackpotness. But that's a whole other topic for a whole nother show. But guess what? Yes, there is a September rapture date approaching us. No! And yes, this uh, Christian researcher, uh, David Mead, has calculated that it would occur 33 days after last month's eclipse. And the Washington Post is reporting this. What? 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 How? How does anybody? Or why does anybody report on this insane drivel? Besides the fact that it gives me something to talk about and make fun of. So yeah, so never mind. Thanks, Washington Post. Um, so here is, okay, so here's the logic here behind mead, which maybe he's drinking a lot of mead, if anyone knows what mead is, which is, uh, it is a honey wine that, in all accounts, I've tasted it before. I've even gone mead tasting with some buds of mine. Uh, we did it more as a joke, and I wouldn't do it again. I would rather have a good IPA than drink mead. Um, but I'm sorry, getting back to famed Christian researcher David Mead, who that's, I'm using that very loosely. Uh, he said this, he said, Jesus lived for 33 years. The name Elohim, which is the name of God to the Jews, was mentioned 33 times in the Bible. He goes on to say, it's very biblically significant. Numerology, I'm sorry, numero <laughs> numerologically significant number. And I'm taking astronomy. I'm taking the Bible and I'm merging the two. They've been merged, apparently, as me tell us. He believes that global catastrophes will be caused by a secret. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to sound serious when reporting this to you. But, uh, by a secret planet called... Uh, Nib Nibru, 
that will be passing the earth on Saturday. And the world won't end, but the world as we know it will end, he told the Washington Post, which is not the weekly world news, but the Washington Post that is listening to this crackpot. Eh. Um, and there are naysayers out there. You know, what is NASA, the snowflake in this situation? They're saying... Uh, Nibru, it's N-I-B-I-R-U, doesn't exist, right, NASA, right, because, I don't know, I'm trying to be uh, Alex Jones in this situation, um, so yes, NASA, which is so sad that they actually have to comment on this, <laughs> they're saying, NASA has had to publicly say that, that, uh, yes, this and other stories about wayward planets is an internet hoax, which is, Honest to God, really sad that NASA even has to comment on this. Uh, but fear not, I'm here to comment on this. So, hey, NASA, I got your back. I got your back. And so, how about this? NASA, this is like just between me and you. Everyone else, just like plug your ears. Don't listen. So, NASA, when it comes to like astrological crackpots, uh, especially the Christian ones, I'll take this from here. I'll take it from here. And you guys go back to doing space stuff. Like, important space stuff, not, like, reporting on whatever we want to call this uh, stuff. But, yes. And so, yes, so, but I will go ahead and tell you. So, guess what? Guess what? You know who else is reporting on this? Fox News. What? Fox News. What? Is Fox News reporting on fake news? No. And you all say, Stuart, say it isn't so. That can't be possible. That isn't even possible. Sadly, it is. The Fox News reported this. The Meads uh, views are not endorsed by the Roman Catholic, Protestant, or Eastern Orthodox branches of Christianity. Guess what? I'll go ahead and say this. This is me. Uh, that Meads views aren't endorsed by anyone that is sane or not on psychedelics at the moment. Um, and even we had this, we even, this, this Christian bastion of hope, Ed Stetzer, uh, of Christianity Today, because, you know, Ed is a solid right down the middle guy, read sarcasm in my voice as I'm saying this, sorry, uh, I, apparently that was the sarcastic demon coming out of me, um, and Ed Stetzer even needed to, like, qualify these statements, Mead is a made-up leader in a made-up field and should not be in the front page of anything, let alone Fox News, thanks, Ed. Uh, I think we could have all gathered that by reading what he's saying. But, hey, Saturday rolls around, and the world comes to an end, and that one's on me. I apologize there, Mead. I am sorry, David Mead, for mocking you if this all goes true and happens, but it won't because you're crazy and you're a loon. But, again... I'm just going to speak right now. Again, plug your ears. I'm talking to the Lord Almighty. Hey, God, God, please, seriously. Like, I at least need to see how college football ends on Saturday. So if you are going to have an apocalypse, just make sure it's later in the day. Like, like later, later in the day. Then I can watch football, and I can then make peace with my maker, and then the rapture will happen, whether or not I float up or not. I It's it's fine. It's fine. As long as I've, you know, my last things I'm doing is watching college football with my family. I'll be good. So, yes. So, uh, my advice to you, my dear listeners, is is simply this. Just, just make sure everything's in order. Make sure everything's in order, because I don't know. Because, again, this is... <laughs> 
I love this. I love that stuff like this even gets any kind of coverage. And then you may say to yourself, but Stuart, you're giving this guy a mouthpiece and coverage. I am. I am doing this completely because I love to be able to talk through the insanity of Christianity and also the insanity of the right to give mouth, uh, to give voice to this, not to give mouth to this. Um, that's a whole different thing. So yes, yes. So moving on, and we have, I do, I have a main idea for this show. I have a main idea, and I'm going to get to it. But uh, as, I, as I sit there through the week, and I, I, I read through the news every day, many different news sites, all legit ones. Like, I, I'm not like a reading random blog posts um, type of a guy. But no, no, I hit them all up. I hit, I go from, from the right to the left when I read my news every day. And what I do is I sit down and I just, I pull these, I pull these nuggets, these, these delightful nuggets out to bring to you. But I will tell you, we do have a main point. And if it helps, that main point has come about, but I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be interesting, has really come about from one of my children. And it's not, no, this is not like a show where a dad's talking about his child, but uh, this may surprise you. But I do have children. Yes, I I actually have a wife also. Um, I'm not simply just in love with my microphone, even though microphone, I love you. You're very sweet. Thank you. Um, no, but with that, uh, my oldest daughter, my oldest daughter, who somehow got most of my snarky genes, and whether I like it or not, has kind of ascribed to a lot of my worldview when it comes to looking at faith and culture today. And she began to rage on this issue. It's actually been kind of like a, more than a month coming. It's something that was like cooking in my head. And then she started like talking about this part of Christianity. And then we've had several conversations. We'll we, we will deal with that in a moment. And if you're here in the South, um, I'll just give you a little preview before we get to it, because I, I have one more news article to get to before we hop into the meat of this. And has anybody, anyone out there, has anyone seen these delightful yard signs that people have been putting up for like the last six months? They're yellow. They look like they're written in Comic Sans or by an illiterate child that is in preschool. And it says, thank you, Jesus. They're everywhere. Like if you're in North Carolina, they're flipping everywhere. We want to get to the bottom of what these ridiculously stupid signs are about and why I think they are absolutely 100% toxic to Christianity. Yep, I'll get to that. We're going to uncover the mystery behind those dumb yellow, thank you, Jesus, signs that you see everywhere um, around North Carolina. And actually, as I've looked further into this, and actually really around a lot of the U.S. So we'll hop into that. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little about DACA. Or I'm sorry, I'm trying to say how, how the president is. DACA. Really not an impressionist guy, but DACA. Um, because he always does that, yes. So let's go ahead and just talk for a brief moment about DACA. So DACA, also known as the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program. And when we talk about DACA, so a couple good things, right? I will give you a couple good things. 
many evangelical leaders had sent a statement um, on September 11th uh, to Paul Ryan saying, as Christians, we believe that all immigrants are made in the image of God, deserving to be treated with dignity from Abraham to Paul. Many biblical heroes uh, were themselves immigrants, including Jesus. So that, again, when we begin to talk about this, the, the issue of immigration in our country, that is a good voice for Christianity to be behind, that we are saying, yes, we are pro-immigrants. Yes, we are pro-humans. Like, oh, what a weird concept. Yes, as Christians, we like people. Really? Yes, we should be. Because if you read the Bible all throughout the Bible, God talks about his love of humanity. But somehow, but somehow, the way Christianity has rolled out, morphed, and been bastardized uh, without, I don't know. Yes, that'll fit there. Bastardized in America. Uh, Christianity has become more about power and more about exclusion and more about hate and bigotry. So, guess what? So, all these Christian evangelical leaders speak out about immigration to Paul Ryan. Great. Win. Thumbs up. You don't get thumbs up from me very often, but I'll say, good job, guys. But, wait, 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 wait. Don't be too fast. We have Robert Jeffress. Jeffries? Jeffress? I think it's Jeffress. He's a Southern Baptist pastor and a leader of a megachurch, First Baptist Dallas. So you know with the words First Baptist and Dallas that this is the center of progressive thought and belief in America. And again, I'm being completely sarcastic with what I'm saying. So he appeared this last week on Fox and Friends. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm setting all of this up. Yes. So he wanted to talk about how Christians should approach DACA. And he goes on to say this in the interview. He, he's saying, well, compassion is important, but... And I'll run into his quote here. The Bible... Wait, wait. He's, he's a first... Baptist pastor from Dallas. Okay, I'll get into that frame of mind. The Bible also says that God is the one who established nations and borders. God is not necessarily an open borders guy, as a lot of people would think he was. Really? Really? So, what Jeffress is saying here is essentially God values borders geopolitical borders that um let me think about this these borders were established at the beginning of time by god no 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 they weren't okay uh these geopolitical borders are arbitrary and things that nation states have simply drawn to say this is where our country begins and this is where it ends uh those kind of things so somehow, yes, he's trying to bring forth this ethic that God cares more about borders or than people. Really. I love this guy's loving heart towards those who are suffering and struggling. It's almost as if I can hear Jesus when this old white curmudgeon speaks. Yes. 
how crazy is it to say that God is not necessarily an open borders guy? God, the God of the universe, God that created the earth. Like if God created the earth and is all knowing and knows everything about time and history, again, which God is omniscient. And so if God knows all of this, why didn't he go ahead and build the wall for Trump? Seriously, God, you are slacking at your job. You knew that millions of years later, we would have a man appointed by you, this orange messiah, this man that's head is adorned with a dead cat. I mean, I don't know why this wasn't in the book of Daniel. And if God knew all of this and all this was going to happen, certainly he would have made a wall. And even though Trump can build a beautiful wall, huge, beautiful wall, God could probably do it better because God is the God of two Corinthians, as we've heard Trump say before. So yes, I'm shaking my head and my soul is somehow shaking at the same time saying, what the hell are you talking about? Seriously, what, what? God is not an open borders <laughs> type of a guy. Uh, first of all, let's just go ahead and pick out this stupid statement. And I'll just be like the grammar Nazi on this. So first of all, uh, if you read the Bible, uh, God created man and woman in his image. And why are we talking about God being a guy? Like, why, why are we just assuming God is a dude? Oh, because most of conservative Christianity assumes... God is all man, and women are subservient. I don't ascribe to that, which is why you're getting the very, very deep, sarcastic inflection in what I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. So we have this. Th this is kind of how it transpired. So Trump earlier uh, in the month said he was ending DACA and... I can't even say it normally more after I've heard him say that. Um, but yes, so he's trying to push Congress to figure out a way to help these young immigrants. Because again, the best way to help these young immigrants is to be able to cancel a program that is already helping them. Oh, thank you. Uh, this is kind of the bad dreamers scenario that Trump is laying out here. And then we had, again, last week, he said he may or may not have reached an agreement with Democrats that could or could not protect the Dreamers. Uh, so, yeah, we have, you know, President Flip-Flop talking about this because, again, it feels like he's bipolar or he's somehow off his meds or was never on meds and now needs meds. Either scenario probably applies here. And... We have many people, many Christians, many good people out there talking about support for the dreamers. And we see a scenario. And again, I know I rip evangelical leaders all the time, but we have more than 3,000 evangelical leaders and pastors signing a letter urging the president to work with Congress to protect the DACA participants, which, hey, I know there's a lot of hypocrisy, but if some good can come out of these people's positions of power, then let that happen. But 
But I just continue to scratch my head at folks like Jeffress that that continues to say that Christians aren't interpreting the Bible correctly. And he went on to say, which again, you know, like when we listen, I mean, what is Fox and Friends is kind of like, it's, it's, I would say it's like on par with Judge Judy, but less fun. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's, it's not news. Um, it's just kind of talking heads that, that are all kind of empty. So it's like empty talking heads kind of a thing here. So he goes on to say this. He says, the Bible says God has ordained the government, the government to protect its citizens. So when you are talking about the biblical solution to immigration, yes, we need to talk about compassion, but we need to balance that with the government's real responsibility to protect its citizens. Because, of course, we all know this, that uh, all of the dreamers are crazy folks that are working hard and holding jobs and trying to make their way in the world, which sounds like a horror movie. Like, I, yes. So folks, that are, it, it's, it's almost like I'm describing the movie It right now. Like, this is scary stuff. No, I'm being sarcastic about this. Like, what? Like, what? And again, he says this. I think these leaders and the Pope are sincere, but they're sincerely confused about the difference between church and government. I think we need to keep those roles distinct. Yes, maybe you are right about keeping the church and government distinct. Yes, do you support our president? Why does everybody end up having like a religious gasm um, in the conservative areas when it comes to Trump being God's elect? Like it are so like you can't have it both ways. You can't like be like, oh well, yes, there is a difference between church and state, and so since that we're allowed to kind of stand back here and be bigoted towards these people that are suffering because of church and state keeps uh, the work of Jesus from happening and. Um, since this is more of a government issue, our compassion needs to sit back and we can just sit back and then just complain about it. I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Like his, like this is, this is really bad logic. And guess what? Who's Jeffress? You know what? He's part of Trump's evangelical advisory board. And he's a strong defender of the president's America first poli policies. You know that one? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what he also did? He's argued that God has given Trump the authority to take out North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Because God said, what? God's, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. But, yeah. And, 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 like, the last statement they had there, which, which, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with the statement, but I disagree with the context of the statement here. And he said uh, he'd spoke. This is this is in another article, but he was speaking to Huffington Post back in January, January and said, while scripture commands individual Christians and churches to show mercy to those in need, the Bible never calls on the government to act as a good Samaritan. Fine. Fine. Yes, you're right. Technically, you're true. Uh, as Christians, we're supposed to um, and, and churches, we're supposed to show mercy to those in need. Sure. Compassion. Yes. Check. That's a very Jesus-y thing. But the Bible never calls on government to act as a good Samaritan. Sure. Um, sure. But the, but again, you're like, this is such a very thin argument that you're going after here. I mean, the Bible also says that, uh, doesn't say that we're supposed to drink 
Slurpees at 7-Eleven. So we shouldn't do that because the Bible didn't say we should. I I, I don't know. That, that's just really dumb, 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 flawed logic, especially when you're part of the evangelical advisory board to a man, a man that you feel like God has put in there, and you are not holding this man accountable for this man's actions. Because again, we have to remember this, that President Trump has his own personal actions, and he also acts as uh, the leader of our country. <coughs> Sorry, it's hard for me to say that. But yes, so I am so tired of Christians trying to have it both ways. Of Christians trying to seem right and having it both ways. Because I honestly feel like Jesus is pretty clear on this. Like the ethic that needs to govern our lives is grace and mercy and compassion. Like those are the things. Those are the things. And then he's like, well, yeah, maybe, kind of. But when it comes to government, the government can be a bunch of a-holes and insensitive, even though we feel like God's appointed is president. Like there, there's, there's just a bad amount of logic here. And when you see like these bad, like illogical uh, arguments happening, it means, do you know what that means? I'll tell you what it means. It's a secret. It means they're trying to justify what they want. And they're using God to justify what they want. They're they're like, they're just henpecking through scripture, as we like to call it nugget theology, where you pull this little nugget out here and say, hey, this justifies my actions. Or, hey, God didn't say we couldn't, so let's go ahead and do that. Yeah, that is very thin, thin theology. And it's very bad theology, especially for a Christian leader of such promise um, and prominence as I actually... I meant prominence, not promise. I have no prom. I have no like feelings of promise towards Jeffress. And, uh, but yes. So this guy has power. He has the ear of the president, and he has a large church, and he is out there selling this kind of BS. And in a way, I will tell you, this is far more damaging than the crackpot we talked about earlier with his doomsday predictions, because this guy actually has a flock. This guy actually has the ear of the president. And he's using theology, he's using bad theology to prop up his own agendas, his own beliefs, and his own preferences. And the weird thing is this. Uh, when you read scripture, knowing Jesus, following Jesus, really means your own preferences and ideas and beliefs oftentimes kind of gets pushed aside for God's mandate to be able to go out and love people and to give to others. And even with him bringing up the Good Samaritan, uh, the Good Samaritan story is a story about self-sacrifice, uh, about doing the right thing, even if there's a cost to yourself. And if you look at the mold and uh, the ways of Jesus, we also begin to see the fact that Jesus was self-sacrificial first. He did the right thing first and didn't worry about how it impacted him. That's the mold. That's the model. That is the, that is the way of Jesus. And when you have people that are leaders within Christianity telling you otherwise, they're only using Jesus in name alone. They're not preaching from the Bible. They are not standing true to the heart uh, and mission of God. And they are not walking out Scripture correctly. And those are the things that grieve me. When it comes to doomsday guys, it's fun to make fun of them. It's fun to make fun of the fact that they actually get a mouthpiece in the press. But this guy, this guy is damaging. This guy is a horror show 
for going out and trying to speak against Taka, trying to speak against a situation that is so obviously close to the heart of God. And if he's missing that, if he's missing that, an issue that would be very close to the heart of God, what else is he missing? My answer, probably a lot. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. I've harped on this long enough because you're saying, Stuart, you promised that you would harp on something else. Get to the meat. And we will. Even if you're vegetarian, we can still get to the meat of this. Even if you're vegan, we can get to the meat of this. Because guess what? Uh, my vegetarian daughter is at the core of the story. So let's begin with it. Okay, so let's get into this. Um, this has been something that has been a minor annoyance to me that has grown into a major annoyance to me over the last while. And I know that if you live in the state of North Carolina, you've seen these. You have seen these sounds, uh, so, sounds signs um, around in your communities. And when I say that it was a minor annoyance, it was something that, again, with a lot of Christianity, whether it be like the message boards in the front of churches or the misguided ways that church, churches try to quote-unquote help the community, um, those kind of things they annoy me. And they bother me, like more or less, like ethically as a Christian. But that annoyance kind of was just like a drumbeat over and over again when you begin to see these things. And we've seen them around where we live. And there are these yellow little, what are they, like the plastic cardboard signs that say, thank you, Jesus. They're yellow. They're written in the, I don't, it almost looks like a child wrote them. And they say, thank you, Jesus. And it was something that I would kind of just bitch and moan with my wife about, like, what is this accomplishing? Like, what is this doing here? Like, why? Why? Like, thank you, Jesus. Um, because if you logically think about this from like a, an advertising or marketing perspective, it leads me to ask the question, well, what? Thank you, Jesus, for what? Did this person have a good day? Did this person get a lot from their tax returns? Is this person excited that their own uh, lovingly bigoted, hateful uh, candidate got elected president? I don't know. And so it's kind of been like this quiet conversation my wife and I have, especially when we drive around. And, and then the other day I was driving with my, my oldest daughter, who's, who's a high school freshman. And she is my, like, she is me in many ways. Like, like the, her outlook, her perspective. Um, I have not tried <laughs> to make her, like as parents, like you don't try to make your kids jaded about things but what we have always done with our children is we've tried to make sure that they were free thinkers that they were able to have critical thought about issues of ethics and culture and especially religion like being able to wrestle out and think critically about faith and and so i'm driving in the car with my daughter and she literally just goes off on these signs she just goes off like, what are they doing? What are they trying to accomplish? What does this even mean? And, and it got me thinking about this. You know, this has been something that I've kind of just been privately uh, trashing with my wife. And she noticed it. She saw it. And she's very acute um, to things like this. And, and it made me begin to think that, that first of all, on, on, on just on a basic level, like, hey, what is your message? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, for what? What does it mean? What are you trying to say here? What are you trying to do here? 
And ultimately, I would tell you is, 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 as I began to dig deeper into this, they're trying to create a thank you Jesus movement. Why? Uh, because Jesus is really all I began to found, find. And, and so after I had this, when I'm driving my daughter and she's just ra- railing on this, um, we went back home. I was like, okay, let's look up. What is this about? What does this mean? What is this stupidity and short-sightedness? So um, you can look this up too if you would like to. There is the www.thankyoujesussigns.com. Very on the nose. And hey, actually, that is very clear. Their message, not as clear. Um, but what happened is this, and I'll read this off their website. Lucas Hunt, a teenager active at Hopewell Friends Church, has a heart for putting up yard signs in his neighborhood during Christmas, reminding people that Jesus, or sorry, Jesus is the reason for the season. Okay, and again, this is me speaking again. Yes, because again, we love, and Snark Nation, you guys love this. We love the war on Christmas, the fake war on Christmas. Okay, I'll end my little diatribe there. So let me continue on what it says on the website. Um, and his plan was to put a sign, uh, the signs out again at Easter. And around the same time, another member of Hopewell, Connie Frazier, without knowing about Lucas's plan, got the idea to do an Easter yard sign that said, thank you, Jesus. It's funny how God coordinates his work. <laughs> it is. It's hilarious. The thank you, Jesus signs are a testament to our gratefulness for Jesus's saving grace. And our goal is to spread this message around the world through our yard sign. And guess what? Fox News has run a story on this. And you can buy these on their website for $8. Yes, you can buy them for $8. And they assure you that they are uh, donating the, pro- uh, the profits to charities and everything else. The funny thing is, if you look for the sign on eBay and Amazon, the signs are running for, like, close to $30. And people on Amazon are eating it up, and they love it! I could go to this dude's website for 8 bucks, but no, please take more of my money. Uh, because, guess what? I had a little leftover from buying Jim Baker's Doomsday food buckets, and I decided to invest it in this. You know, I wanted to have this. And the website also says they've sold over 70,000 yard signs since February 2016. And as I look on their Join the Movement map, um, there's only a few states that don't have it. Idaho and Utah and Maine. And I believe if I'm looking here, I believe that that's Vermont. Um, Or maybe it's New Hampshire. I can't tell the difference. Uh, yes, thank you, uh, public school education. But yes, I begin, and so they sell, they sell this. You can actually get magnets to put on your fridge. You can get magnets to put on your cars. And, and they quote this scripture on the website from Second Chronicles, or I'm sorry, if these are Trump followers, 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear uh, from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Great scripture, nice, touchy-feely, wonderful. Uh, But one thing is, the scripture does not say, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and put up yard signs that are 
fairly vague and ambiguous. And they also pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. I will hear them from heaven. Um, so again, I'm like going back to this idea that like, first of all, what, like, what are these signs trying to convey? I mean, it's also like, cause again, if you've lived in the South and drive around, you will see people that have obscene amounts of American flags in their front yard as well, too, because that again tells us we support our country or most probably support the president when they do that. Because you got to love it. You got to love it when people, especially Christians, like to shove messages down your throats. Now, here's my issue with this. Um, you may be saying to yourself, Stuart, this is really stupid. And yes, it is. Um, and my argument is probably pretty stupid as well. But nonetheless, I'm the dude with the microphone, so I'm going to keep going. But when I see this, when I see things like this, and it begs me to ask the deeper question. It begs me to ask the deeper question, which most Christians will not ask themselves, um, especially in scenarios like this. So um, I am putting this sign out on my lawn. It makes me feel like a good Christian, and it makes me feel like God is happy with me because I have put a, a vague sign in my front yard. So yes, this is almost akin to evangelism, maybe, maybe. And for those of you that that don't know Christianese, evangelism is the idea is the art and the idea of what it looks like to go out and spread the gospel or spread the message of Jesus, which is funny because uh, this Sunday we had some Jehovah's Witnesses or Jehos, as I like to refer to them, come up to my door. And when I heard this, I was like, ah, just like when I handle it, I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. And they'll be like, no, no, no. Don't you want to know about eternal life? No, no, thank you. I'm good. Like, seriously, move along. Like, you're, I am the worst guy for you to waste your time on in your evangelistic needs. Like, I, I had a friend that was a pastor um, years ago, and I love this man dearly. He's a great guy. And his response was, uh, whether it's Mormons or Jehos or whoever else, uh, when they come to your door, the best thing to do is to keep them in your house as long as possible, talking to them so they will not go out and spread their weird, crazy, cultish ideas with other people. Um, noble idea, noble thought. For me, it's completely effing waste of time. And luckily, it was not me that answered the door. It was my wife. And I'm like, oh, why are you doing this? Like before she answered the door. And she's like, I don't know. I just want to talk. And so, and so she, which again, my wife is a smart woman. She just starts... <laughs> like striking up a conversation because she's uh, she's a very warm person. And she just begins to ask them, like, and not not in a manner that I would because I end up being more of an ass than she does. And she, uh, maybe, how about this? She's more gracefully an ass uh, when she's towards people. Uh, really, that was not her intention. Uh, but after she told me this, I was like, yes! Um, so she just started talking with these guys and she talked to them for like 20 minutes. And she was just really trying to ask them, like, how, like first of all, like how, how effective is what you're doing like 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 not 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 in a mean way but like like you're going door to door and like what is like what is your return on investment like what's your bang for the buck for what you're doing and they were spouting off in my assumption like 
old stats like, oh, the Jehovah's Witnesses have grown this much over the years and blah, 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 and all this other kind of PR stuff that they've like programmed in to their brainwashed congregations of what to do. Um, and th my whole goal here is not to make fun of the Jehos, um, but it's really just to show the symptom of oppressive religion and groupthink and shaming people into doing things. Because again, like Jehovah's Witnesses believe that you must earn your way to heaven. So they are out there earning the sh out of their way to heaven, like on the weekends. Like I've got to go out and I've got to annoy a bunch of people. I've got to knock on doors. I've got to hand out my pamphlets. I've got to do this because guess what? God will be happy with me for handing out these pieces of paper. Right. And somehow like I, you know, all I wish, you know, is if they had some sort of a, like, rating system. You know, the Scientologists do. Like, there's different levels to get to. Because I think it'd just be easier for the Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, hey, you know, you hand out this many pamphlets, it puts you three steps closer to heaven, and whatever. And so, you know, all of this is kind of a confluence to me bringing up the story. So again, um, bad advertising and bad follow-through for people of a religious ideology trying to go out and make recruits. Now let's return back to the thank you Jesus signs. I've already said this, but I'm just going to say this again and then lead it into something else. What does that mean? Like if, if and like I put my mind, like I, I have worked, I have worked with uh, evangelistic outreaches in my past. And, and when I did that, I loved it because of the perspective of people from non-Christian persuasions or families or backgrounds that have, no freaking clue what is going on um, within Christianity and churches. And, and so I have, I've taken those experiences with, with people that I'm all still very good friends with. And I, I use their perspective as, as really something that opened my eyes to how, how you think about faith, especially how you think about faith as it applies to people that are outside of your faith meaning whether it be advertising, whether it be evangelism, whether it be for outreaches, all of these other kind of things. Um, you know, I know you think you're doing a good job. I know you think that you're doing something noble, but what about the people that you're trying to reach? Like, what are they thinking? And when I look at these signs, and, I, and I've had these conversations with, with my daughter, when you see a sign in somebody's yard that says, thank you, Jesus, you're just left with saying, for what? Why? Like, like, if this was a multi-million dollar advertising campaign, you'd walk away saying, so what is the point of this campaign? Like, how do we have metrics and measure what we're doing here? And here, here's my assessment. People that have the thank you Jesus signs in their yard, I do not think are bad people. I think that they are very short-sighted people because here's what happens oftentimes in American Christianity. American Christianity seems to serve one major purpose. Now, nobody or no pastor would actually admit to this, but if you actually kind of take a step back and look at the practice, you look where money's invested, you look at where time is invested and all this, most of American Christianity is there to make American Christians feel good about themselves and their status with God. Now, especially in situations like this that you could classify as more outreach where this whole, quote, movement um, about thank you, Jesus, you know, they feel like they are injecting Jesus into culture 
and I'm not really sure what the end goal is besides indoctrination through very vague signs. Um, but what I will tell you from a critical thinker, a creative strategist, and somebody that has consulted and counseled with churches, what I will tell you is this. Thank you, Jesus, makes the person that puts on their lawn feel good about themselves, and then kind of check off that God box. Kind of like, you know, I need to go to church every week so I can check off the box so I feel good, like, oh, God must be happy because God commanded me to go to church. Which is not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. But I digress. And we see this, and they feel good about themselves. But if you take it from the perspective of a person that doesn't go to church and doesn't really know enough about Jesus, um, and as I've talked to a few other folks, because guess what? I do rub shoulders with folks that aren't Christians. I rub shoulders with agnostics and atheists, uh, folks of different faiths. And you know, I actually asked a few people about this. And they said what I would expect them to answer was, I don't know. I just kind of find it annoying and dumb. And I heard this from several people, which is funny because in my own head, and I didn't front load it this way, my own head, I was saying, I just really find this dumb, which it is. Um, but for the Christians out there listening, all zero of you probably because I've already lost you from me roasting a lot of stuff with faith and the media um, this hour. But what I will tell you is this. Putting things out there like this accomplishes next to nothing. And what it does accomplish actually pushes people further away from ever wanting to know about Jesus and or your church. And I know you're doing this with good intentions and with a good heart, but with really a crappy follow-through. Because for the longest time, Christians have tried to find ways to evangelize or spread the message um, in easy ways that require nothing of themselves. Meaning that, and you can look this up online, tracks, T-R-A-C-T-S, tracks are these like dumb little pamphlets that people leave everywhere about like how to find God or um, are you going to heaven? The most famous ones are called chick tracks and you can find those online too. And they're, they're the more like, uh, it's almost like saw for Christianity. I think the saw movies where it's like this horrible situation happens and someone's like, no, I'm in hell. Oh, I wish I would have turned to God. That kind of thing. Um, so fun. Like the people that pass these out are like fun and you want to have them at parties. Not at all. But um, but people and Christians off the longest way, uh, longest time, especially in America, they've tried to look for easy ways, like cheap faith ways to be able to spread the gospel. Ways that don't look bad upon them or don't rock the boat enough, but are just jerkishly enough to make them feel okay about themselves. These signs accomplish that. Because what I'm saying simply about these signs is they will drive more people away from faith than drive people to ask the question, why are they saying, thank you, Jesus? Or, you know, you may end up saying is, hey, is this Jesus? And are these those signs like you see people have out in the front yard? Like where like, hey, this great paint job was done by blah and blah associates. Or, hey, look at this construction work that was done in my front yard. You should hire these guys too. Maybe they are thanking Jesus, a guy that did some work on their house. I don't know. And I know that's mildly racist when I'm saying this, but I'm really just trying to push forward the point of what I'm saying here. Because again, I, I'm not looking to make <laughs> a vaguely racist Jesus type statements here, but I'm trying to pu push this fact of this. As Christians, if you want to spread the message, here's how you do it. You go invest your life in other people. 
You go invest your life in other people until you've actually earned the right to talk to other people. See, this is the problem. Most people, like the Kirk Camerons of the world that like to go out and uh, try to shove the gospel in your face, they've not earned the right to speak in those circles or to those people. Because, again, um, this is something that I've, I've taught in multiple, <laughs> over and over again, um, and in different scenarios in different churches. You know, if people think that you, the messenger, do not like them, they will assume that God also does not like them. So if you, the messenger, or the Christian that is trying to put signs in the yard, act as if Jesus doesn't love you, then the people will assume that God does not love them. And so this all goes back to having an integrated lifestyle of being able to walk out the ways of Jesus, and signs like this, or bumper stickers, or t-shirts, or all this other kind of crap that the people push out, um, are absolutely useless. And my main point is they are absolutely counterproductive. And they are counterproductive in a major way. When you were shoving Jesus down people's throats in an inauthentic manner, in a manner that requires nothing of yourself, nothing of your time, nothing of your investment in someone else's life that is in a tangible way, not like I'm going to help you so I can share Jesus with you. I'm not saying that. Where you are actually like invested in someone's life and someone says, hey, like, why do you go to church? That is an authentic way to be able to speak to people about your faith. Putting signs does nothing. Handing out tracts does nothing. Bumper stickers does nothing. And what it does is it actually pushes people further and further away from wanting to know about who Jesus is. And that's the problem. And that is not a small problem. That is a huge problem. That, that, is, a, that is a fault line type problem within Christianity. Doing things like this damages the message of Jesus. So when you see the signs, when you are tempted to put these signs up in your eyes, you just realize that you are damaging the message of Jesus uh, to people in your community. You are making people go, oh, F, I'm so tired of Christians trying to shove Jesus down my throat. I don't want to hear about Jesus. We're actually, the people that are, that are hearing this, I'm sorry, the people that are saying that are saying, I'm really just tired of Christian a-holes pushing stuff down my throat. I'm tired of Christians that are all about talk and not about action. I'm tired of Christians that would rather put a bumper sticker on their car or a sign of their front yard than actually do anything tangible that looks like the life and the ways of Jesus. So there. Do not put a sign in your front yard. Do not take the easy way out. And guess what? What I'm calling people to do, if you are interested in knowing about Jesus, read more in the Bible or contact me, questions at uh, snarkyfaith.com or guess what? Uh, go and devote your life into the service of others, into the service of those that are hurting and have need in your community. Go and do that. Do something that is tangible. Do something that is tangible for a long time before you even think about talking about Jesus and faith and religion and church because that will speak deeper than anything. Well, that's all I've got this hour. Thank you guys for hanging out with me uh, this last hour. Again, if you want to catch our past shows, you can go to www.snarkyfaith.com. If you want to ask questions, if you want to tell me I'm a stupid hypocrite and what I'm saying, or heretic or whatever nasty word you want to say, uh, questions at snarkyfaith.com. I love them. Send them to me. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, find us there. But that's all I've got this week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for being a part of this. And I will catch you again next week. I am out of here. WCOM is listener-supported community radio, and Snarky Faith is only possible through our sponsors. Aqueduct Conference Center was established in 1978 as a peaceful destination for small group meetings, special events, conferences, retreats, and weddings. 
For more information, go to www.aqueductcc.com. We are also sponsored by Lumen. Lumen, a spiritual community of seekers, sojourners, question askers, doubters, and skeptics, is a collective of fellow travelers that embrace the truth that all life is sacred, hope is real, and tomorrow can be better than today. All are welcome. You can find more information at www.lumencommunities.com. Thank you.